Hi there. Welcome to the Mentoring Club podcast. In this podcast series, you are listening to pairs of mentors who were put together randomly. They all joined the Mentoring Club to share their experiences and insights in one-on-one -on -one sessions. But now, with this podcast, we are widening our spectrum to allow more people to learn and grow. The topics and discussions you will be listening to are as diverse as these pairs. In case you want to know more or meet one of our mentors, visit mentoring-club.com. And now, lean back and enjoy the talk. Monique, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you, Alan. I'm very excited to uh, meet you by voice. Um, it's an honor to do this for uh, the Mentoring Club. Um, ladies first, so would you like to introduce yourself, please? Thank you. I'm a communications professional with around 18 years experience in everything from internal communications to media relations to a team B2B marketing. And I've become a part of the mentoring club in April and have really, really enjoyed meeting people from across the world and supporting them with marketing communication. And I'm really interested in um, speaking with you today, Alan, because I believe we have quite a few areas of interest and, and commonality. So um, if you'd like to introduce yourself, definitely. And um, get and going with the conversation. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing. And as I love people and any business is people's business, where, where are you today while recording this? And what's your background, um, if you would like to share, please? So I'm in Berlin at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Australia and we hopped on an aeroplane back in January to the smell of the Australian bushfires in our nostrils, just in time to land in Berlin uh, in time for Corona lockdown. So yeah, it's been a pretty interesting journey. And through that, I was talking to a couple of people and they wanted to work with me and I thought, oh, I better set up my own business then and get a tax number and um, I also was invited to yeah, become a mentor in the mentoring club so it's it's been a surprising journey as it has been for many people this year nice so welcome to Europe how is it uh, with the cold are you enjoying it or is it tough oh I'm I'm enjoying it it's um <laughs> <laughs> I, the summer is always incredible and um, we previously lived here so We originally came over in 2010 for a year or two, and that ended up being six years. Um, so we're quite familiar with the cold, and they say uh, there's never bad weather, there's just inappropriate clothing, and that's very true. Indeed, indeed. Thank and you for sharing that. So my name is Alon Ben-Joseph. I'm born and raised in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, 41 years old, uh, married to a lovely uh, English wife, and we have two little children. I often call myself an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, studied uh, business economics both in Amsterdam and New York, have a, a degree, a Master's of Science in Economics, but I never did that for my CV. I always try to get trained analytically and academically, but that doesn't make you or doesn't make you an entrepreneur in my humble opinion if you studied or not i think you and i monique today are going to speak about entrepreneurship 
um, maybe some case studies from our mentoring sessions with the mentoring club. And maybe we want to end up with uh, some tips for those that are already maybe entrepreneurs and are stuck or people that are considering to make a career switch or to start an entrepreneurial activity next to their day-to-day -day job. So I think that that's the aim of this session today. Me, myself, come from an entrepreneurial family. Our family business is Ace Jewelers, which is a jewelry brand and retail business. Um, my passions are people. I love obviously diamonds, jewelry and watches, and I have a passion for tech. So while I was a student, I was always working in the family business, actually during high school already. And during uni, I founded my first own company, which was Tamos Internet Services with two buddies. It was an internet company. And today, besides the family business, I have two tech startups, which one of us, one of them is watchbase.com. It's a database for watches. I call it an IMDB slash Wikipedia for watches. And the newest startup is Shine Social Club. It's a social enterprise. It's a free app for older adults, 60 plus to make new friends based on same interests around them. So I do different things and that's maybe what makes me tick and my prerogative to be an entrepreneur because I can pour my passion into it 100%. I'm just trying to think of who, uh, who coined the word slow multitasking, which is where you've got different projects going on at different at the same time, then you gently switch between each one, fulfilling different parts of your life at the same time. So yeah. it's a good one, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah, um, which, which seems very much like what you're doing, what I'm also doing. I'm, I'm also on the International International Business uh, Association of Business Communicators um, Amina board here as well, and that sort of like you fulfills a different component of or need in my life, and it seems. Like you've got the technology, you've got the jewellery and you've got also that sort of, as you said, people passion that's obviously spurred you to. So should we maybe zoom in on that, Monique? Should we discuss that topic of, of very well-coined slow multitasking or high-paced multitasking? It can be an disadvantage because some people are in the school of thought that they say you should do one thing very well. Or nowadays, I think newer generations, due to smartphones and smart devices, are forced to multitask, is that nobody wants to be locked in into a single career nowadays, like our parents or grandparents used to. And I believe my friends who work in big corps, they profile people like T-shaped people when you have a lot of skill sets. So that can be an advantage. How do you perceive that? Well, I think for me, I realize there is no perfect job. Mm -hmm. And you can't you can't put all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Yeah. And you can't just because you're having you've got a new manager and they're sort of maybe not quite sort of the right style for you or um, you've been asked to work on a certain project that doesn't excite you. You can't hang everything on that. You can't 
focus your whole life around that. And I think even in the past year with people working from home and that line between work and home life being blurred, I've got two kids as well, I think people, or at least I have very much realised that I've got different parts in my life that need to be fulfilled and they can be fulfilled by different projects and different things mm-hmm. in different ways. So I have a professional need that that became very clear to me when I moved over to Berlin and I didn't, I don't have to work. I choose to work mm-hmm. and I, I want to be involved in, in bigger projects. I want to, you know, do like make things happen for things that I'm passionate about I want to support others. I feel like it's my time in life to be, you know, mentoring and nurturing other people on their journey because other people have done that for me. Um, and I, I miss. I previously had quite a large team, and I miss. I miss working with them as well. So I've got these different areas of my life that that can be fulfilled with different projects. And yeah. I'd be interesting to hear your perspective because you obviously have lots of projects on the go as well and it's not that I'm doing all of them at once I will focus on one and then when I might be waiting on something for a particular project or there might be a slight lull I can focus on another area and move that along yeah so you touched upon two very interesting uh, things is is and that comes often up in the mentoring sessions that I do mm-hmm. is how to balance private life with business life, corporate life or entrepreneurial life. So I'm very adamant on the fact that if you're looking for a nine to five career, especially in entrepreneurship, it's not for you. It's you're always on. You need to be able to do that. Obviously, you need to know how to uh, split your time, definitely prioritize and have your family at number one in your own health. But if people ask me, yeah, can you switch off? My answer is I don't want to switch off. How do you perceive that? That's a, it's a really interesting point. I think it comes down to it comes down to that level of maturity and knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm also very similar to you in that I find it really hard to switch off. I have had nine to five jobs mm-hmm. and I always struggle in the evening to stop thinking about things and I'll be on my run in the morning and ideas will be popping up in my head and I've just had to accept that mm-hmm. and also be very... Um, firm on my boundaries I think a part of it is choosing what you choose to do and if it's your choice or not so being aware that every moment of your time is your time and not and if you choose to work for free then that is your choice if you yeah I could I could work from 7 a.m to 7 p.m because I'd be so involved in a project and working along and probably you know, be if I was in a job, job, yeah, paid for only a fraction of that time, and then you really need to to think about again, as you said, the bigger picture and that that mix. Do I want to be working for free? And if I want to, then that's my choice. And if it's not what I want to do, then it's my responsibility for for setting the boundaries. And I have done that in the past with 
managers and oh, what's the what's the quote a happy husband happy life is the quote yeah, happy so, wife is a happy life <laughs> on, the, on the meal side yeah and 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 be very just clear with your managers or the people around you what you will and won't do because the moment that it is out of your control the moment that you feel that you're being pressured into something and that you lose that control then it, it's no longer your choice yeah and you no longer have ownership of your own life and your own time but I, i'd be interested on your perspective on that so me myself it has been different since i'm a married and then we had children never mention the hours that you work to brag i i i always worked a humongous quantity of hours a day but I, it always gave me energy. So it wasn't that I felt forced to do it, compelled to do it. Um, it's because I wanted to do it. Then when you have a more stable private life, you want to spend quality time. So my wife also works hard. And we, even now that we're married for 11 years already and have two little children, we always have date nights. Now it's a bit more difficult during lockdowns. But... Once uh, able, when we're able to go out, we take a babysitter, even how tired we are, and maybe we'll just go for an hour and a half, two hours, but we'll go out. And what I personally do, since with the new technologies at hand, we can be online 24-7. I do offline diets, so I, 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 I go offline once in a while and sometimes 24, 48 hours. And when I'm with the kids during dinner, no mobile phones. Mm -hmm. So me, myself is, is when the kids are off, I, 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 I have an office, but I have multiple offices and I don't work that much from home. But if I do, I have like blocks of hours that I work. Uh, when I'm with the kids, it's quality time with the kids. And then when they're all off to bed, I can work a few more hours, but not per se if I don't want to or don't need to. Um, so very agile. It's very flexible and agile. And I want to pick up on two of those things you mentioned. I think you very much supported that conversation on having control because you mm -hmm. have control over your technology when you're online yeah. and when you're offline. Yeah. And I think that's particularly important in this day and age that people develop those skills to be able to switch off yeah. and not be addicted to their phone and not be chasing their inbox because then their inbox and their phone mm -hmm. bleeps and bings control you. You're yeah. not in charge. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is about making that quality time for people who matter to you and having very clear your priorities. It's one thing I would quite like to discuss with you is that whole concept of appearing busy. The thing is, everybody's busy, right? So, yeah, and, um, the standard of anything when you talk to people and they always say, Yeah, I'm busy, busy, busy. That's like a, a, a vague, empty comment when you ask, How are you doing? Yeah. And when they're good friends, you can say, Is it out of the ordinary or is it the above average busy? But, but um, being busy for the sake of being busy is not even a criteria, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And as as you were saying, you carve out time for the things that are important. And I have no doubt that you're super efficient with the time when you are working. But I do, having been in some startups and some companies and worked with some companies, seeing people 
busy just for the sake of being busy yeah. and especially when you become a parent yeah i'm like you know we worked agile and i was I think i was working at 200 percent at one point and doing 15 minute calls and sometimes you're on various calls or interacting with other people who you think oh gosh they could be doing that in half the amount of time yeah and then have the rest of the time to do what they please yeah so I want to I want to counter this whole story of busy and maybe mm-hmm. I want your perspective on that that the younger generations well actually nobody wants to be employed so they all think they're entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. often they think they either have an Instagram account so they're automatically an influencer but mm-hmm. I have a lot of interns also in my company so I love to work with younger people but what I've noticed is and I'm generalizing obviously is a lot of these younger generations there are a few things that i've noticed they often lack sense of purpose they're very impatient by nature they all don't want to be rich tomorrow or today they wanted to be rich yesterday already mm-hmm. um, although they have no idea what rich they can't define rich yeah which is a subjective term and it's a perception mm-hmm. for your own private life and um i have actually encountered a few uh, mentees through the mentoring club that were rather young which was very nice they, they they wanted a bit of guidance and coaching almost and what i do there is let go of all these terms go holistically go inside do soul searching what makes you tick and that's actually the first question i ask everybody and anybody People I meet, business-wise, uh, job interviews I do, and all every mentee needs to answer my question, what makes you tick? And that's where I always start with everything. And it's not about the money, uh, what you can make, can't make. Um, how, how, how do you perceive that? And how do you go about in your first mentoring sessions or younger kids? And what are your perceptions on that? I think that's an excellent question to start with. I just remember, though, back on my my childhood, it wasn't until I was about 30 that I actually worked out what I wanted to to do in life. And I, I kind of I try and give a little bit of leeway for that. I was a very shy, sort of insecure younger person growing up, and it certainly did take me a while to work out what I thought I wanted and what I actually wanted. and So what, what was your journey and how did you come into being who you are today? Because now you definitely don't sound insecure, <laughs> very grounded and very relaxed, I might say, and stable by just hearing your voice. And for well, our listeners, I... we've never met before. So this is a an raw, authentic, um, <laughs> honest feedback. <laughs> two passionate mentors. Um, I think I think it's finding your I think it's finding your voice. I think that's the the really the really hard thing. I was I think back to you know primary school. I was that little shy girl in the library who was you know reading in the library at lunchtime because I was too shy to say boo to a goose and terrified of a, a boy in primary school who would sidle up and flick matches at me at the bus stop so interesting I, how did you from there grew and how did you combat that because everybody's <laughs> insecure and everybody's shy i mean there are hardly kids that have never been shy or insecure doesn't exist in my opinion well i 
I, I grew up in um, a little town called Adelaide, um, mm-hmm. who incidentally has just had the last, one of the hardest lockdowns in the world yeah. um, for a couple of days. And I remember even at university having a uh, boyfriend who was, you know, not yelling at me but talking very much down to me, Monique, why aren't you more confident? I want you to be more confident like other, other people's girlfriends mm-hmm. you know I want you to be and and that just made me shrink into myself even more and um I actually studied physiotherapy mm-hmm. which um, I really enjoyed but again it was a very uh, a gentle kind of bedside type role where you're helping other people and you're giving yourself to to help other people get better and then I, I think I had a bit of a I don't know, a younger, <laughs> a younger aged teenage crisis, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I went overseas r- right before I did physiotherapy, actually, which was great um, because it opened my eyes to other cultures and other ways of doing things. I spent some time in the Netherlands, actually. Mm-hmm. I've got Dutch family. Yeah. And, and then after doing physio, I actually worked for a year and stopped turned around and said, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to do something else. And that was, I think, a big thing. I actually had my, I was, had a flatmate who was a physio as well and her parents actually came down from the countryside to sit me down and have a chat to me about, you know, my future and if I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, this is a very long answer to your question. No, but that's but it. I this think... is what I want. I love to go into depth. I don't like to be at the surface. I, th- I think it's just constantly being aware of where you want to get to and constantly not fighting but i'm a big fan of seth godden of what of what monique sorry you cut out uh seth godden um okay yeah yeah yes he's he's a writer he's he's almost a guru yeah he writes books so google him i think it's that concept of turning up you've got to just turn up and do your best Mm-hmm. And each time you're going to get better. I had a lot of problems as well. I mean, I've had amazing opportunities I've, and embraced every single one of them. But at the time it was it was scary. I, I did live broadcasts. I coordinated live broadcasts for Australia's um, special broadcasting service. And, you know, I've met Cathy Freeman. I've, um, I've met uh, amazing Australian singers, uh, but at the time I, I sort of didn't, I guess, really appreciate it and I was always looking at the thing that I had, hadn't had done or the thing that wasn't good enough and always, not always, but quite often comparing myself to other people uh, and their successes and, and I think that's just fundamentally a flawed approach and it's something I've been personally working on very, very hard to, to stop comparing and just do, just turn up and just yeah. do your best. That's a, that's, I want to I wanna jump on that. I've read some books by Seth Godin. And what you're saying, I think, is I concur. It's what I always say, that especially younger guys or people that want to be an entrepreneur and they just contemplate, it's like Nike's slogan for many decades is just do it. You need to do stuff. A lot of people want the talent or the skill set just to fall out of the sky like manna, you know, back in the desert. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say, and especially now that I have babies, 
you need to first crawl, then take your first step, fall a lot, bang your head a lot until you can walk and then run. And it's okay to make mistakes. Mistakes is what makes you, and that gives you character and your identity, right? And especially like scars on our body, they are characteristics, and that's fine. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so that uh, I totally concur with that. It's it's about doing, and and something that I often get commented at, the comments I get is yeah, but look at you and you're so successful and blah blah blah. Either in a negative sense that I got things off my parents because I started off in the family business. I said yeah, that gave me a jump start, but it also gives you a lot of responsibility and weights on your shoulders. So mm-hmm. every medallion has two sides to it, every coin. But also, I said, you guys forget, I started at an age of 16, 17 to work. I already have such a humongous track record. It's not like I came out of school 27, found my first job, and then slowly moved up the ranks. Uh, I don't mean this in an ugly, negative sense, but in an American slang, cool way. I hustled. A lot of trial and error. A slogan I love by Samuel Beckett is fail, fail, fail better. It's a lot of trial and error. So do stuff, make mistakes. And the younger you are, the better there is because you have less responsibility. Absolutely. And it's always as long as you learn from those mistakes. I think our parents would have got along quite well. As I mentioned, my my mother's Dutch, so who knows. But I was also, I was a checkout chick at the age of 16. I yeah. wanted a new archery bow. Yeah. I wanted to be in the national or the state team for yeah. archery and my parents said, fine, go buy yourself a new bow. And I'm like, but I need it. And they're like, fine, go get a job. Yeah. And yeah, it was a checkout chick after school at the age of, I think you can start working when you're 15 or 16 yeah. in um, Australia and you learn by doing, I think. And you've got to, as you said, you've got to get those runs on the board and learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And by the way, same for me. If I wanted something as a kid, I had to go work for it, either in or outside the family business. So that's that's a solid advice for the very young listeners. Might we have them today? So just go out and do stuff. Don't sit behind the screen all day. Although I'm not against video games for the record, because I, I think I was the first generation that grew up with video games, and that gave me excellent eye-hand coordination. Did you have a Commodore 64? Uh, yeah, I started with a Commodore 64, <laughs> and the Ataris, and then Nintendo, and the duck shooting, and Mario, and Mario Kart, and etc. And my little boy, who's now now four at the age of three, already wanted the PlayStation, but my wife and I are very strict on screen time and mm-hmm. very adamant on the old skills and trick sets of painting, reading books, playing outside, let him fall and, and scuff his knees and bang his head. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Well, I've got so many, uh, so many questions for you um, just about the challenges that you faced going through and perhaps from an entrepreneurship side of things because I have a lot of men- mentees who come to me as well. Who, who want that support either in getting an investor or in the startup phase. Do you have, okay, what are your key three lessons learned 
on your entrepreneurship so, journey? And aside from working hard and yeah. failing often, yeah, do you maybe have any you other want a bit more hands-on, maybe hands-on, less top-level uh, advice? So how am I able to run that many companies? Is simply mm -hmm. because I have a business partner in each and every one of them. My father always taught me, if you can't divide, you can't multiply. I have business partners. They're often friends. I trust them blindly. If you don't trust each other, don't work with somebody. And we truly complement each other. Don't found a company with a friend because you're friends and it's oh so much fun. The fun is an added benefit in my humble opinion, but you really, really need to complement each other. And you need to find synergy. So one plus one is four, not even two or three. So I have that. That makes me agile and able to multitask. So that's a takeaway that I have. Do what you love. Otherwise, you'll burn up. you got to do what you love. And, and, and I've never met a successful entrepreneur that did it for the money. It's, it's a means. It's not a goal. So that's also very important. Otherwise, you can't keep up that high pace. So if somebody will ask me, can you be an entrepreneur nine to five? I say no. I, I heard there are books that there are books out there that says you can have a four hour work week or whatever. I don't even want to read the cover of that book, the backside of the book. Because I actually have that on my shelf. Really? <laughs> so I don't even want to read that book because who would ever want a job that they only want to work four hours? I want to work as many as possible hours because it's a hobby, you understand? So that's my point of view. So passion. And well, you, you, you said about startups or finding money. Maybe we'll do one step back. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I really have no idea where to start. Is definitely find a mentor at the mentoring club. Where you are in the world, in the Netherlands, you can go to the Chamber of Commerce. They educate you because get educated. Um, you need a few basic skill sets to start a company. You need to be on top of the ball when you run your paperwork. You're obliged mm -hmm. to log turnover costs, uh, run, run accounts, etc. You need to understand you can't dismiss that because that will be a setup for failure immediately a bit of fiscal stuff, a bit of legal stuff you need. So you need to be a T-shaped profile. You need to know a lot of things and you need to do a lot of things. For those that are not that young and maybe have been in a corporate life for 20 years, they excelled in one segment. But when you become an entrepreneur, you suddenly need to do everything. So keep that in mind. You need to juggle a lot of balls besides working longer and more hours even though a lot of my friends that work for big corps work the same quantity of hours so that doesn't say anything yeah um, but they probably get paid they probably get paid for less hours than they work yeah yeah and the last thing is high risk high returns but it comes with a lot of stress and worries you need to look at yourself in the mirror and be able to cope with that and and if you're not in a relationship good for you but if you are discuss it at home behind every strong man is a strong woman and vice versa behind every strong woman is strong man. you're a team right and it's a 360 yeah. degrees thing so make sure you discuss these things at home and especially discuss the downside of things and the last giveaway it's a bonus one because you asked me three but i'll give a fourth one <laughs> is know when to cut your losses 
That's maybe one of the most important things in entrepreneurship. Is there a, a time when you wish you had and you haven't and a time when you did it right? It, it, I think it's the sunken cost fallacy comes into this many for many people. Yeah. Is there an example when? Well, we actually recently in our family business took a very big decision of closing one store, which was our flagship, a physical store amidst this corona crisis. So it was very difficult, emotional, but rationally the best decision that we could have taken. So that's a recent one. Mm-hmm. During my student time with those buddies, we decided to end it because we knew we couldn't make it a unicorn, which we had the ambition for. So we didn't split up because we got into a fight. Um, it just organically went. And and that's the thing, I think. Communication is everything in your private relationship with your friends, but also in business. I just came off a Zoom call, which was truly international, about a possible uh, new startup. And the thing you need to discuss is the elephant in the room. Why should I work with every and each one? So discuss what you're... Uh, bring to the table what's your added value what are your strengths your weaknesses uh, what are your disadvantages what are the advantages and sometimes you need to conclude that's not a good fit and that's okay that's also kind of a loss right mm-hmm. but i think that's very important to do and that links to the story don't do business with friends because you're friends mm-hmm. i think they're coming coming down to the hard numbers and making a rational decision is is the takeaway that i take from both of your examples. Yeah. It's and and, and again I'm I am a very emotional person. I lead my life to having as much fun as possible. You can't always have parties and fun, right? Life isn't like that. And problems are there to be solved, which I actually find fun. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But you need to bring a balance between heart and mind. So, but in the end, let ratio, rationale always prevail. And if you're an emotional person and that, and that comes with age for me is let things simmer. When in doubt, the answer is no. When not sure, think about it once more. Cause, um, there's a nice saying when you want things done, ask busy people, right? I'm one of those people that is very efficient and high pace. But sometimes it's good to reflect and take a pause. And that came with age for me. I um, I completely agree with that statement. I also find it helpful to bounce with other people. So yeah. kind of sit back and mull it over and maybe chat with my husband or chat with um, a good friend because saying or explaining the situation out aloud can sometimes, well, it helps me look at it with a bit more of a clear kind of what am I actually saying? What am I actually thinking? A bit more of a sort of putting it in context and, and rational approach and yeah, not rushing decisions, but also not avoiding decisions. Because I think that's a decision, decision in itself. Is yeah. The avoid decision. yeah, I agree. Should we maybe slowly gear to rounding it up by both stating why we our mentors for the mentoring club, as you said, free of charge. I'm curious why you did it. For, for me, I'm a mentor of the mentoring club because I really feel it's my time to give back. Mm-hmm. I've had 
as I've spoken to you, I've I've had a lot of challenges with self-doubt, a lot of challenges finding my own voice, a lot of challenges in believing that I can do or, or achieve the opportunity that's been given me and it's been quite often mentors who have been there to, to cheer me on or to bounce my ideas with me or to give me a new perspective on something that I've just so valued and has been so worthwhile in my career that I just for me it's about giving back and and sharing my experience with other people in the hope that I can help and support them on their journey yeah nice and you I um actually been mentoring I, I also have a little boutique consultancy which is a one-man show and I just do it for fun to keep my gray cells busy and do things out of the box because I've noticed that I do more and more things on automatic pilot and me myself I love to do new stuff and get out of my comfort zone so I've been doing uh, coaching and mentoring as a paid mentor younger people uh, who can't pay I also do pro bono and then the mentoring club when I think I was something like the 20th mentor on there I love the project and the idea so I got on board there and it's a it's a different uh, scope it's you, you different people reach you so I want to give back that's why I didn't so much have mentors like you maybe did uh, but I think everybody needs coaches and mentors in every phase of their life and 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 for me myself it's fun you, I love people and every story is unique and fun to hear. so also this session I love to hear your journey till today and 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 that's my fun of doing coaching you meet new people you hear new stories and 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 for me the, the 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 greatest fun is when the light goes on in their heads you know when you're able to switch on that light that that light they were mm -hmm. searching for and that's my joy mm -hmm. when the ideas spark yeah exactly well it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and um i actually i, I do hope that we can have more chats um there are many many more questions that i have definitely so we'll link that random by uh, the founders of the mentoring club. So I have no idea how it works, but if they if, maybe if the listeners want a follow up session between us, I guess they can leave comments under the section that this is hosted on, or send an email, or reach out to us. And obviously, if you want one of us as a mentor, it's free of charge, and just book a session on the website. Perfect. Thank you so much, Monique. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan. Cheers. Bye bye.